0: Pastor Chooks Ogoye is the Senior Pastor of Resurrection Life Church Johannesburg. Pastor Chuks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs, Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in Marketplace Ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoi.
1: Amen. Okay, let's get into God's Word this morning. Turn your Bibles with me to First John chapter 4, verse 17. We are still talking about the glory of God, unveiling the glory of God. That's the 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 theme for this year is our year of glory and that glory is uh the acrostic that is guiding our discipleship effort our teaching and preaching effort and uh, we are still on the first letter g g glory unveiled we are learning about the glory of god and the message has been pressing into his glory to experience his goodness to experience his goodness, not just to read about his goodness in the word of God, but to experience it. Somebody declare, I will experience the goodness of God. I will experience it. Amen. Amen. That, that scripture in Psalm 27, verse 13, is our, is our rock, our rock word in this church. It says, Because I have believed that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, I do not give up. Oh, yes, I do, I do not give up. Uh, Uh, Backing down is not an option. Amen. Accepting defeat is not an option. Accepting less is not an option. Somebody declare, I will see. I will experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. In this time, in Jesus' name. Not, Not in the world to come. No, in this land of the living. Every aspect of my life will experience the goodness of God. Spirit, soul, and body. Somebody say, I will see. I will experience the goodness of God in my life, in this land of the living, in the name of Jesus. My family will experience the goodness of God in its entirety, in the mighty name of Jesus, in this land of the living. Hallelujah. That's what we believe in this church. Jesus died for every one of us to experience the goodness of God. In every area of our lives, in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. Amen. Our our bodies will experience the goodness of God. Our finances will experience the goodness of God. Our health, our mind will experience the goodness of God. Amen. You're going to walk in peace. Somebody say, I am peace. Somebody say, I am peace. You're going to work in the peace of God. Nothing nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing harassing your life, nothing harassing your family or harassing your marriage. Everything just aligning. Hallelujah. It is the will of God for you to experience peace. It is will of God for you to experience joy. It's will of God for you to experience shalom. Yes, where everything is working. Your job is working. Finances are coming in. Amen. Your marriage is working. It's, it's overflowing. The joy of the Lord resides in your house. The presence of God is there. Your body is doing well. Amen. They are looking at you. You are getting younger. Woo! The longer you live, the younger you look. Amen. I said the, the longer you live, the younger you look. Amen. Amen. As you are growing in age, your body is going backward. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's that's the promise of God. Jesus died for that very stuff. The Bible says he satisfies my mouth with good things. So that what? My youth is renewed. My youth is renewed. I keep I keep staying in youth. Perpetual youth is your portion. I say perpetual youth is your portion. Amen. That's what God promised in his word. And we are in this church of the company who lay hold on God's word and believe it until there is a manifestation. Can I get an amen? I said, we are of the company who lay hold on God's word and believe it until there is a manifestation of that word. Every promise of God will find expression in your life. Did you hear what I just said? I said, every promise of God will find full expression in your life and your experience. In the name of Jesus, you will become a walking testimony that the word of God works. Somebody declare, I am a walking testimony that the word of God works. The word of God works. Amen. So this is not a church where we, we, we pay lip service to the word of God and we pay lip service to the faith that we proclaim. No, no, no. This is a church where we experience that the word of God is working. Oh, somebody declared the word of God is working in my life. Oh, yes, it's working in my life. And everybody around me sees that the word of God is working. That's what makes you a witness. Hallelujah. It, it is what makes you what? A witness. That people can actually look at you and say, Hmm. The Bible is real. Jesus is real. It's working. It's working. When they look at your finances, they look at your health, they look at your marriage, look at your children. Every, it's just working. Somebody say it's working. it's working. It's working. It's working. The good life is working. The goodness of God is manifesting. It's working. That's why Jesus died. So you can have it working. Amen. And I declare whatever is not working starts working now. Amen. Whatever is not working, whatever Satan has held, and today we command it to lose in the name of Jesus. Whatever Satan has checkmated in your life, I prophesy and declare in the name of Jesus that the hand of the enemy is broken. And the liberty that you have received by the death of Jesus begins to function and work as it's supposed to be in the name of Jesus. We place an embargo on every walk of darkness over your life and over your finances and over your marriage and over your health and body and declare in the name of Jesus, set and lose your hold and set the people of God free and release their money, release their joy, release their, f- oh yes, release their families, release whatever it is you're holding in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus died that they might have the good life and they will have it more abundantly. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. Today is part 10 in that series. Pressing into his glory to experience his goodness. Part 10. All right, let's go. First John chapter 4, verse 17. It's gonna be good this morning. I said it's gonna be good this morning. Amen. Amen. You gotta believe God's word. I said it's gonna be very good for you okay. this morning. Amen. Amen. The prophet Ezekiel said, he said, and he spoke as he spoke to me, his spirit entered into me. Yes. His spirit entered into me and stood me on my feet. What he did was speak words. But when words came out, it wasn't just words that entered the hearer. The spirit entered. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. So this morning, I didn't come to speak words. I came to release the spirit of God. I came to release life. So this morning, you will get to believe and draw that life and let it enter into your spirit and stand you up. And stand up, and stand you up in the spirit, Amen. He it says, "He it says, it spoke his words, and his words entered into me, and the Spirit entered me, and stood me on my feet." Hallelujah! Whatever is not working starts working. Amen. That's why we come to church, so that so whatever is lying down, whatever is weak, whatever is tired, it will get up on his feet with energy, divine energy, and stand up this morning in Jesus' name. All right. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Because as he is, let's say that together. As he is, so are we in this world. Let's say it together one more time. As he is, so are we in this world as he is so are we in this world all right i'm glad that he didn't just say as he is so are we full stop no no he said as he is so are we in this world meaning that this promise is not for the world to come it's not for for another uh, dispensation another generation no it's in this world as he is so are we In this world. Hallelujah. All right, I have been sharing this and trying to help you to understand your real identity as a child of God. Your identity is the risen Christ. Not just the Christ. Somebody say the risen Christ. That's your identity. That's who you are. That's who you are. Somebody say I am one with the risen Christ. Oh say it again with boldness. I am one with the risen Christ. Yes. So when he rose from the dead, he rose you up with him. And you share that identity. That's who you are. And we are learning that the, 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 the things that, that he accomplished on the cross and became and attained, he attained it for us. But not only he attained it for us, he attained it as us. So you have already attained it in your spirit. This is why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ... He's what? He's what? He's a new species. He's a new species. That's what that new creature is. It's not just that he is born, born like, you know, uh, uh, born again. He's born again, but born as a new species. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Is that new species that we are seeking to understand who that new species is, So that we can begin to manifest the attributes of that new species. That's what we are trying. That's what we are laboring in the word of God to bring to God's people to understand. And that is your responsibility as a child of God. That's your mission. To understand who you are and begin to manifest as who you are. Somebody say, I am one with the risen Christ. So scripture says here, as he is. Who is he? The Christ. Where is he? Come on, come on, church. Who is he? The risen Christ. Where is he? He is seated at the right hand of the Father. All right. Please put up that that, diagram, that illustration. Put it up for me. Okay. Now we explained why when we see the throne, we see Jesus sitting on the throne. That's the picture that we see. And that's the picture the scriptures expects us to see. Right there in that picture. In reality, the father is there, but he's invisible. Hello? Hello? The father is there, but he's what? Invisible. Because scripture says that man cannot see the father. He's invisible. So, so in the form we are in, we can't see the father. He's invisible, but he's there. Who we see is the son. Who is a man sitting on the throne. Hallelujah. Jesus is sitting as what? A man in the Godhead right now. Sitting there as a man. And why is he sitting there? He's sitting there as a man, as a mediator for me and you. He's a God between. So when we look at him, we are not intimidated because we see a man. We see our elder brother. He's sitting there as our elder brother. Amen. He is our God, but at the same time, he is our elder brother. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is sitting there, and all of us are are drawing our identity from him, sitting on the throne. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm seated on the throne. That's why the Bible says that we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. So, seated together in him, we are sitting there. So, while he is there sitting, I'm also sitting there. So when you look at him there, you see yourself. So you see yourself sitting. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm sitting. When you're sitting, you're not stressed. Eh? You know, when in our culture, when people come to your house and you welcome them, one of the things you show that you welcome them is you offer them a seat. You ask them to what? Sit down. You offer them a seat. You offer them water to drink. You offer them water to wash their hands if you are from Zimbabwe. <laughs> You offer them, you make them feel comfortable, you make them sit. If somebody comes to your house and they are still standing, and you offer them a seat and they say they are not sitting, what they are saying to you is that we are in a hurry. Or or we don't feel welcome. Yeah? We don't feel welcome, so we will stand on the door or we will stand outside. You know, when people are angry and they came to fight, they don't sit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I grew up in a village. If people came to fight or bring a quarrel, they don't come down and sit. They just stand at the door with their weapons and they are ready to fight. Whatever. They, you know, you offer them seat. They say, no, we don't want to sit. We didn't come to sit. We came to trash this matter. So when, when people are seated, it means they are comfortable. They are settled. Somebody say, I'm seated. I'm seated. So, so you're seated at the right hand of God. In a place of authority and dominion. And the devil does not have what it takes to stand you up. Satan does not have what it takes to rule to stand you up. Meaning that, listen to me please. Meaning that as you are seated there. It doesn't matter what Satan is throwing around. It's not enough to stand you up. Because there is enough power where you are seated. To bring him under control. So even if he throws up a tantrum. Throws up a storm. Tries to upset things. No, you must remain seated. And because where you are seated, according to scriptures, under your feet is where he is. (laughs) You are seated at the right hand of God and right under your feet. Satan is right there. The Bible said the God of peace. The God of what? Somebody said the God of peace. That's why you need to have peace. Because if you are not operating in peace, you will not be able to draw the powers of the God of peace. The God of peace will soon cross Satan under your feet. Romans chapter 16 verse 20. The God of peace will soon cross Satan under your feet. So when you are seated there, you put your feet down. That's where Satan belongs. And you see, Satan doesn't want to accept. Please hear what I'm saying this morning. Satan doesn't want to accept that he is under your feet. But he is. He doesn't want to accept it. He keeps behaving like he is not, but he is. So the question is, do you know that he's under your feet? Do you understand it? Are you settled in your mind that he's under your feet? When you are settled in your mind that he's under your feet, you enforce your authority and what you know and certain lines up. Hello? Are you here? A story is told of a man of God who had you know, just finished a meeting. Dealt with so many devils in the meeting, cast out devils, healed the sick, did so many things, and then retired to his room to sleep at night. And while he was trying to sleep, there was a rustle. You know, the wind was blowing in the middle of the night. The curtains were raised, and so he 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 came downstairs to find out what the commotion was. And then he he noticed, you know, everything in his house had turned upside down, and there was this devil sitting there. So he said to that devil he saw there, I didn't even know it was you. Please, can you leave? <laughs> just like that, just go. And as the devil is going, he said, no, 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 no. You know, come back. You re- I, I, I slept with this thing properly arranged. You can't just come and give me work. Please, can you rearrange my house the way you found it and get out? Satan came back. <laughs> the devil came back and then rearranged the house, put it in order and left. Hallelujah. And the man man went back to sleep. He didn't even need to pray long prayer. This is a man who understood where he stands. Amen. Every day Satan has upset in your life, I command in the name of Jesus that it be restored to the place where it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. So in other words, Satan has no right to upset things and go scot-free. No, 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 no. You didn't hear what I just said. Satan has no right to upset things and then just walk away and leave you with work and leave you to do damage control and to sort out what he messed up. No, if he messed things up, you must command him to what? Sort it out, sort it out, sort it out. So there are some of us, Satan is messing with your finances or messing with your health. You need to ask him to leave, but sort things out and just go. Hallelujah. This is when you know that you are seated. Because when when you are seated, you refuse to be moved. Your peace is not taken. Hallelujah. A a, a sitting position is is a position of rest and peace. Your peace will not be taken by the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? I say your peace, you refuse for your peace to be taken by the enemy. It doesn't matter what he throws. Hallelujah. His part is to be the devil. Your part is to be his boss. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I say his part is to be what? The devil. And your part is to be his boss. And you must be your part. You must do your part. You must play your part. You must be what God said you are. Hallelujah. And the the devil must be the devil. So I have chosen to be his boss and I remain his boss. Amen. So I'm not going to stand up and allow him to upset me and allow him to throw me into a panic. No, 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 no. I remain seated. Somebody say I remain seated. Somebody say I remain seated. So it doesn't matter what he does. See, this is why Satan does not want you to know what I'm about to share this morning. He doesn't want it. Because he wants to put you on a run around. And he put you on a panic mode. And you are st- stressing, stressing, stressing. No, no. It's not your portion to stress. That's why the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything. Somebody say anything. anything. The God says, do not be what? Anxious about anything. But in, <laughs> in everything. By prayer and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. In everything. Not in some things. In everything. So don't let the devil take your peace. Somebody say he wouldn't take my peace. All right. So our aim is to keep our eyes. Put that picture on the corner for me, please. Our aim is to keep our eyes and our focus on the risen Christ. Let me explain this to you. I know many people don't understand the, the the whole essence of a spiritual journey that we are all in. See, blow it up a bit for me. Look at that guy. He's on a journey. This is me. This is you. We are all on a journey, on a road, and our destination is glory. That's where we are going. And we want to bring everything about our lives to align with that destination. So, do you know that it is difficult for those of us who drive or ride a bicycle? It is difficult to keep moving forward and constantly looking back. Hello, it's difficult to what to keep moving forward, and then your eyes are constantly looking back. If you're driving and you're not facing the 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 uh, what do you call it the 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 no no the front glass is called what the windscreen, you are not facing the windscreen, but you are you keep looking at the rear view mirror, and you are trying to drive forward, you are going to have an accident. You are going to have what an accident. Your, your rear view mirror is for you to get, look up, look into it, and then keep focusing where you're going. You're not supposed to be looking at the rear view mirror where you're going forward. Except if you're reversing, then you keep your eyes on the rear view mirror to see where you're reversing to. But for me and you, we are not reversing, we are moving forward. I say we are moving forward. So if we are moving forward, we keep our eyes on the windscreen and keep going. So our eyes are focused on Jesus. Who is sitting on the throne. That's who we are. That's where we are going. That's your destination. So the spiritual journey that we are in. Growing up spiritually. What spiritual maturity is about. Please pay attention to hear this. What spiritual maturity is about. Is learning to keep your eyes on Jesus. No matter what. That's what this whole journey is about. To keep your eyes on Jesus. No matter what. To keep your eyes on Jesus is a training. It's a discipline to keep your focus on Jesus. Whether it's, you, you know, you are dealing with a devil at work. You are dealing with a devil at home. You are dealing with stubborn in-laws. You are dealing with a husband or a wife who just, you know, fellowships with the devil. I don't care what you are dealing with. Your eyes is supposed to stay on Jesus. You keep there. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says, setting our, our eyes on the joy that is set before us. The joy that is set before you is to manifest in the earth as the risen Christ. So there is a discipline required to keep your thoughts and your eyes on the risen Christ. To keep your eyes on the word, to keep your thoughts, there is a discipline required. This is where why we are called disciples. We are called what? Disciple as a word comes from the same root as discipline. So you cannot be a disciple of Jesus if you are not disciplined in the way you manage your thoughts. What makes you a disciple of Jesus is the discipline to keep your thoughts on where you are supposed to keep it. For me and you, is the word of God. It's the promises of God. is the reality of who we are. As Jesus has made us the risen Christ. So we keep our eyes and our thoughts on Jesus. That's the key to this life that God has called us to live. And do you know that you move in the direction of your predominant focus? Hello? You move in the what? In the direction of your predominant focus. So if you are not focusing in the right direction, that is why your life is up and down your movement, sometimes you're moving forward, sometimes you pause, sometimes you're moving forward, sometimes you pause, then sometimes you move backward. One step forward, three steps backward. What is really producing that kind of experience is your indisciplined thought. You are not not disciplining your thought to stay on the word of God no matter what. You are not disciplining your thought to stay focused on the risen Christ, to say as he is, so am I. So if he cannot sin, I cannot sin. So if, even if you make a mistake and you fall, you keep your eyes on Jesus, that's what picks you up. If he cannot be sick, I cannot be sick. If he cannot be broke, I cannot be broke. So I keep my eyes on Jesus. It doesn't matter what is happening in my physical experience. It doesn't matter what is happening in my physical world. I keep my eyes on Jesus. I keep my eyes on the word of God. Yes, you look in the bank account, and there is a deficit in the bank account. But if you look on Jesus, you see a surplus. So the question is, whose report would you believe? Are you going to believe the report of the deficit in the bank account, or are you going to believe the riches that are there in glory? (laughs) The riches in glory. The Bible says, my God. Shall what supply all my needs according to the riches that is in glory? Where that Christ is seated, there is provision there. So are you going to see the riches in glory or are you going to see the empty fridge? It's about focus. Are you focusing on the empty pocket and making your decisions based on the empty pocket? Are you focusing on the glory that is in heaven and making your decisions based on that glory? Many of us, we haven't understood this thing. That's why we keep failing. Because Satan will want you to keep your focus on the pocket that is lean. So you make your decisions based on a lean pocket. You say, no, I cannot afford that. No, I cannot do that. No, I cannot do that. God is saying, can you look up to the riches in glory? I'm going to supply your needs from there. God never said I will supply your needs from an, a lean pocket, from an empty pocket. It's not in the Bible. Hello? Are you still with me? Your needs are not supplied from an empty pocket. Your needs are supplied from where? From His riches? Keep your eyes there. Let me tell somebody, keep your eyes on the riches in glory. Keep your eyes on the abundance that God has. Keep your eyes. He said it, Philippians four nineteen. My God shall supply all your needs. Not from a lean pocket, not from a small bank account. From where? From the riches in glory. So your eyes are supposed to stay there. If something is trying to harass your peace and take away your peace, and you're dealing with a circumstance or a situation that is trying to take away your peace, how do you restore peace in your world? You draw peace from the throne. Hallelujah. From the position where the king of kings is sitting in peace. That's where you're sitting. So you sit there and assert your position, and then peace overwhelms whatever chaos you're dealing with in your world. This is how the spiritual life works. If you're dealing with a symptom in your body, how do you overcome the symptom in your body? Hello? How do you overcome the symptom in your body? You keep your eyes on the risen Christ. He cannot be sick. I cannot be sick. That is me there. Me sitting on the throne cannot be sick. Me on the earth. I'm dealing with something in my body, but that's a lie. (laughs) That is what? It's a lie. My God has already healed me. Is that not what the scripture says? The scripture says we are what healed by the stripes of Jesus. So so the stripes of Jesus, when where when did he receive stripes? On the cross, and when he came out from the grave, those stripes were completely sorted out because he transited from mortality to immortality. So I don't have any disease on my body because I am one with the risen Christ. So when you are dealing with symptoms in your body, how do you how do you bring healing to manifest in your body? Keep your eyes on the risen Christ. Are you still with me? Keep your eyes where? Yes, that body that is sitting there that you are looking at sitting on the throne doesn't have disease, and if that body doesn't have disease, this one does not have disease. As he is. So am I. So what your senses are picking are lies. Those symptoms are what? I- those symptoms are what? They are lies. The bank account you are, seen, you are seen as empty or insufficient is a lie. Is a lie. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is a lie. Is a lie. Oh, somebody, one, only one person agree with me. This is a lie. Uh, there's an account I have in heaven. It's, and from that account is richly and infinitely supplied. And that's where my supply comes from. I saw a God who makes a way, where, even where there seems to be no way. When the enemy says there is no way, God says there's a way. Oh yes, He says there's a way. Do you know that when Moses came to the Red Sea, there was a way in the Red Sea. Nobody else could see it. That highway was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there when when they left Egypt. Please calm down. When they left Egypt. There was a highway in the Red Sea. And a highway in the Red Sea was there. So when Moses arrived at the Red Sea, there was already a highway there. They couldn't see it, but it was there. That's what scripture says. It was there. They couldn't see it. So when Moses was crying, God says, why are you crying to me? Tell the people to do what? Go forward. Because there's a way there. So he says to God, so what are we going to do to reveal a way that was already there? God says, take your rod and stretch it over the sea. And when he took his rod and stretched it over the sea, the sea opened. And the, red, and the highway that was there revealed itself. And the people walked. I declare every Red Sea is being opened now. What you need is instructions on what to do to reveal the way that God has already made. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, there's a way that's already been made. Out of the difficult situation you are in, a way has already been made. It's already there. That you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. It's there. It's there. All you need is instructions from God to do what you need and the way is revealed. There's a miracle out of the current situation you are in. I said there is a miracle out of the current situation you are dealing with. Please listen to me, please. The faith we subscribe to is based on the foundation of miracles. That's why Jesus was born as a result of a miracle. The faith we subscribe to, are you hearing what I'm saying? This is the difference between our faith and motivational speaking and mind science. No, no, no. Our faith is based on pure what? Miracles. Everything about our faith is what? Miracles. Jesus came into this world as a miracle. How does a virgin give become pregnant without a man? He was born out of a pure miracle. He lived his life on the earth for thirty-three and a half years. The last three and a half years being the time of his ministry. Pure miracles. He, he performed all kinds of miracles. Things that science says not possible. He did it. Wine. The first miracle he performed, the Bible tells us in John chapter 2, was water becoming wine. That is not possible from a chemistry perspective. How do you turn water into wine? You don't do that. It's not science, science, science failed right there. In that wedding ceremony, science did what? Failed. If you brought a chemist there to analyze what happened here, he has no explanation. Because he tested this water five minutes before. It was pure water. Now five minutes later, it's sweet, beautiful wine. What happened? Who poured any chemical here? Yeah, nobody did anything here. They, they, they didn't pour anything. He just says, pour it into a glass and take it over there, and it became wine. This is the faith we are subscribed to. It's all miracle. And from the beginning of his of his earthly ministry, miracles all the way through through three and a half years, miracles. When he died, when he died, he said, "I also." <laughs> I'm also going to come back by a miracle. By a miracle. They say, how? They say, watch and see. Three days, destroy this body. In three days, I will raise it. And they said, it's not true. It's not going to happen. They called soldiers and said, take this big stone. And he brought a battalion of soldiers and they rolled one big stone and covered his grave. It's fine. Three days later, the stone rolled away from the grave. By a miracle. Human beings, when the, the soldiers did not have an explanation of what happened, they saw the stone moving. And the stone moved. And the man who was laid there three days ago came out. He came out by himself. The miracle by itself. So, so his earthly ministry started with miracles. It ended with what? I am declaring to you, your life is a miracle. I say your life is miracle. From starting to finish is what? Miracles. Miracles. So for me and you, we must get comfortable to the supernatural. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Christianity that lacks the supernatural is fake. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. Christianity that lacks the supernatural is what? Is fake. It's fake. Because our faith is based on the supernatural. So what it means for me and you is that every child of God has to understand how to unlock the supernatural. Amen. You must understand it. If you're not understanding, you're not growing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, if you're not understanding how to unlock the supernatural and bring miracles to bear, what puts you, sets you apart from everybody around you is your ability to draw the power of God to work for you in situations. Amen. It's the ability to draw the power of God to change what man says cannot be changed. Is your ability to draw the power of God to reverse what the doctor said cannot be reversed? Is your ability to draw the power of God to reverse what the lawyer said cannot be done? Hallelujah. They locked Peter in jail. People said no, he cannot die. Yeah, 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 yeah. This our leader cannot die. And they pressed in, and in the morning. They came and the jail was empty. The soldiers that were chained together could not explain it. What happened in the night? The chain is still in my leg, but Peter is gone. So what happened in the night? It was a miracle. An angel delivered him. Thank you. An angel delivered him and took him out from jail. I declare in the name of Jesus, whatever it is, Satan has jailed in your life is being released right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever blessing that has been jailed in your life is being delivered by angelic ministry in the name of Jesus. So, so learning to draw the supernatural power of God to bear in your marriage, in your work, in your with your children, is the essence of our faith. Can I say something to you this morning? Oh yeah, Kalabosha. I feel the power of God. Listen to me, listen to me. If you are dealing with an impossible situation, you are a candidate for a miracle. Okay, oh, you didn't hear what I said. Let me announce it again. If you are dealing with an impossible situation in your life, you are a candidate for what? For a miracle. You are a candidate for a miracle. This is the reason why I don't understand it. When a Christian does not know how to draw miracles, you feel miserable. But if you know that you serve a God who can open prison doors and supernaturally extract the prisoner who was sentenced to die, By hanging the next day. And then when the people who came to execute him came, they couldn't find him. He was gone. He was gone. The chains were there. The door was not vandalized. They could not explain it. How did this man escape from this place? The doors were not vandalized. The chains and the lock were still on the door. But the man was gone. I declare you are out. I say I declare you are out. In the name of Jesus, I draw the power of God. This is the essence of our faith. So if you, are, if, you are, if you are practicing a Christianity where you're not learning to draw the supernatural power of God, it is fake. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Let me make that announcement again. If you're practicing a Christianity where they are not teaching you how to draw the power of God to make impossible things become possible, it's fake. Leave that Christianity. It's not, right. It's not the right one. It's a fake one. Leave it. Leave that church. It's a fake one. If they're teaching you that miracles are God, he's fake. Because our faith is based on the supernatural power of God. How are you going? How are you going to demonstrate to unbelievers that you serve a superior God when you are suffering the way they are suffering? When you are you are held bound by the same things they are held bound and you cannot get your God to rescue you? What kind of God are you serving? What God can you what, what kind of God are you serving? They threw three boys into into fire. The people who came to throw them in, the fire got burnt, burnt them out, meters away from the furnace. They were charred and they were burnt to ashes. And yet they threw these boys into fire. Here they are, walking around in the fire. They are walking around in the fire. The people who threw them in the fire got confused. They said, but we threw three boys here. We are seeing four. And the fourth person we are seeing there looks like who? He looks like the son of God. Jesus showed up in the fire I declared, Jesus is showing up for somebody. Oh, yeah. We serve a miracle walking God. When they observed what was going on, the king said, this is too much. Please release those boys. This is too much. We we, we bound them, we tied their hands, we tied their, tied their legs, but they are walking around in the fire. The chains that we used to tie them is loose. And they're walking around in the fire. And we are seeing four people instead of three. And when they came to rescue them, they came there. And when they came into the, to, to open the door of the furnace, three people came out. The people are confused. But we just saw four people right there. Where is the fourth person? Where is he now? Hey, the guy said, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we don't, he said, no, we saw four people. We saw four people, but the three are coming out. We don't know what to talk about. I declare that your life is a mystery. They'll keep on looking, and they, the more they look, the less they see. The more they look, the less they see. Because there is a miracle-working God behind you. they throw you in the fire. A fourth man shows up. Hallelujah. So, so listen to me, child of God, this morning. The supernatural power of God must be evident in your life. So how do we draw that power? That supernatural power. To bring to bear to produce results that don't found everybody this is what I came to teach you today. I came to teach you today let, let me show you something in Matthew chapter fourteen go there with me Matthew chapter fourteen I see you I see you coming out of every every demonic conspiracy I see you supernaturally escaping. Supernaturally escape. Hallelujah. I say, help me preach to somebody. You are supernaturally escaping. Supernaturally. You escape that lack supernaturally. You escape that bondage supernaturally. You escape that constraint supernaturally. That illness, that illness condition, you escape it supernaturally. While they're still doing their lab test, I I have deep respect for doctors. While they're still doing their lab test and doing what they're doing, you are coming with a new lab test by the supernatural hand of God. Hallelujah. You're a God who heals all your diseases. All your diseases. Somebody say all. All your diseases. No diseases outside the scope of what God can do. All your diseases. All. It doesn't matter what they call it. Whether medical science has an answer or not, you are healed by the hand of God. The Bible said, God said to you, I am the God that healed you. That heals you. All your diseases. Somebody say amen. Matthew chapter 14. I want to show you in verse 29. We are talking about the supernatural power of God. Are you still here? Matthew 14 verse 29. He says, So he said, Come This is Jesus. Jesus is working on water. Right. I think maybe I go one verse up. Maybe two verses up. Verse 27. And immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. In other words, remain seated. In other words, do what? Remain seated. Don't be startled. Don't be harassed. Why were they being harassed? They saw the supernatural hand of God. And they saw a man walking on water. And they were harassed. And Jesus says, no, calm down. Remain seated. Do not be afraid. Remain seated. Calm down. Do not be afraid. And then Peter said, because this message I'm preaching this morning, Jesus preached to Peter and his disciples before, and they understood what he said. So Peter said, please, please follow me. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. What was Peter asking for? Ah, come on somebody. What was Peter asking for? He said, if it is you, do what? Command me to come on water. What was Jesus, I mean, what was Peter asking for? Peter was asking for access into the supernatural power of God that he saw Jesus operating. Because Peter understood this message. Because Jesus first preached this message to them and he understood it. Jesus told them, our faith is based on what? The supernatural so if you're seeing because it's supernatural for some a human being to be walking on water. If you walk on water you will fall except the hand of God carries you. If you try to walk on water you will sink. Your density is higher than the density of water so you will go down. Gravity will help you go down. But here Jesus was walking on water and Peter had been taught by Jesus that our faith is based on what? The supernatural. Faith is based, let's say that together, our faith is based on the supernatural. So, so he said, if it is you walking on water, based on what you have taught us before now, then command me also to what? Come to you on water. In other words, release that same supernatural power to me so that I can do the same supernatural thing that you are doing. Jesus says, no problem. Verse 29. So he said to him, what? Come. Come. Jesus says, no problem. Because what I have been teaching you is real. Faith is based on the supernatural power of God. So come, join me. Come, let's let's walk on water together. Come. And the Bible said, and Peter, when he had come down out of the boat, so Peter heard that come and he obeyed. He said, Okay, I'm ready for the supernatural. Somebody declare I'm ready for the supernatural. Oh, this week I'm ready for the supernatural. I'm ready to see the hand of God move. I'm ready to see Red Seas open. I'm ready to see the power of God do the impossible for me. I'm ready to come out of that fire. <laughs> I don't know what fire you are, but God is setting somebody free from that fire. I said, That fire is not going to burn you. I said, That fire is not going to burn you. I said, That fire is not going to burn you. You are coming out of that storm by the hand of God. In the name of Jesus. You are coming out of that fire. So Jesus called him. And then Peter obeyed. And stepped out. Look at verse 29. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. He walked on the water to do what? To go. So he was experiencing the supernatural of God. Verse 30. But when he saw. That the wind was boisterous, When he saw. That the wind was boisterous. He became afraid. That's the problem. When he saw. That the wind was boisterous. Peter. Was the wind not there. When you stepped out to walk on water. What. What. What made you walk on water. You heard the master say come. You looked at the master. And you began to walk on water. Peter, why are you seeing the storm? Why are you seeing the wind? That's the problem. When he saw the wind, what happened? He became afraid. When he saw the wind, he became afraid. He became startled. He, he left his sitting position. When you're sitting, you're not afraid. I said, when you're sitting, you're not afraid. He left his sitting position. He forgot that there was a throne that he was sitting on. He became afraid. And when he became afraid, what happened? He lost his connection to the supernatural power of God. He lost that connection. Can I tell you something? Every time you become afraid, you lose the connection. Every time a storm comes in and you become afraid, you lose the connection. And once you lose the connection, you start sinking. You will not sink in the name of Jesus. I say, you will no longer lose your connection. I say, you will no longer lose your connection. The power of God is coming into your life and it will remain. I say, say, declare with me, I will not lose the connection. Somebody say, I will not lose that connection. Supernatural finances are coming to you. I say, you will not lose the connection. Supernatural healing is coming to you. I say, you will not lose the connection. Supernatural lifting and a promotion is coming to you. Oh, somebody receive what I'm declaring this morning. You will not lose the connection. Supernatural supply, supernatural elevation is coming. Supernatural protection is coming to you. You will not lose the connection. That fear is disconnecting you. That's the problem. You need to deal with that fear. That fear is disconnecting you. That fear is your enemy. When he saw the wind, he became afraid. So that's the problem. As long as he was looking on Jesus... He stayed connected. Put back that picture for me. As long as he was looking on Jesus, he stayed connected. Supernatural power was coming. Supernatural provision was coming. Supernatural supply was coming. Supernatural defense was coming. As long as he's looking at the risen Christ, you will have the power of God flowing into your life. But if you take your eyes away from the risen Christ and begin to look at the storm, and I mean you look at the situation, what happens? Fear comes into your heart. Let me say this to you. Every time you see fear in your heart, you've lost your focus. Every time you experience any kind of anxiety, you have lost your what? Oh, are you here with me this morning? If you are sensing a shift in your emotions to go from peace to anxiety, you lost your focus. You go from peace to worry. You lost your focus. You are you are no longer seeing the risen Christ. You are now seeing a storm. That is why you have become afraid. Somebody said, lo- "I refuse to lose my peace. I refuse to lose my peace." You gotta you gotta train yourself to stay focused. Let me say it again. You have to what train your. Somebody said training. Somebody said training. There's a training required to keep your mind on Jesus. So how do you do that? How do you not see the storm? How do you not see the wind? How do you not? Because the wind will always be there. The storm will always arise. How do you not see it? Keep your eyes on Jesus. How do you keep your eyes on Jesus? Use your mouth. How do you keep your eyes on Jesus? Do what? Use your mouth. Your mouth is given to you to use to keep your focus on. Let me say it again. Your mouth is given to you by God to use to keep your focus on Jesus. So when your heart is wanting to shift, use your mouth to keep your heart in line. So declare the word of God with your mouth. Declare the promises of God with your mouth. Oh, I wake up in the morning and I declare, I am the risen Christ. I am peace. I walk in the peace of God. And whatever it is that the enemy is trying to use to distract you from the reason Christ, use your mouth to keep your eyes focused. Use your mouth to keep your focus. Use your mouth to keep your focus. So we are... We are... Listen to this, please. Let me explain this concept. So we see two things at work. And you need to understand... This principle, please. Hey, are you here? Help me, help me shake somebody around you. You need to be here. You need to be here. You need to be here. If you're watching at home, uh-huh. if you're watching alone, please type on the comment section. Pastor, I'm with you. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Now, listen. This is important. We see something at work at that moment that Peter began to sink. He began to sink. So the disconnection from the supernatural power of God was bringing him down into the water. So there were two things there. Initially, he was working by the supernatural power of God and he was walking on water, normal. Only only a spirit can walk on water. Hello? Only what? So at the moment he was walking on water, he was operating as a spirit. He was operating as a spirit. He wasn't operating as a man. Human beings don't walk on water. He was operating as a spirit. So as, listen, as his eyes were focused on Jesus, the power of God was released to him and he was now working as a spirit. When his eyes left Jesus and he saw the storm, he came back to his flesh and became a man again. And then started experiencing the results that men experience. When men try to walk on water, what happens? They sink. So meaning that Peter, please hear this. Peter had had the dual personality. As a spirit and as a man. At the same time. Based on his focus, he determined which one he activated based on his focus he was determining which one he activated when his focus was on jesus he activated his his nature as a spirit when his focus was on the storm he activated his nature as a man when he activated his nature as a spirit what did he experience touch please i need you when he activated his nature as a spirit as a spirit what did he experience he experienced the supernatural power of god and experienced what spirit's experience when he activated his nature as a man, what did he experience? He will experience what men experience. So it's your choice this week. Are you going to experience what spirits experience? Or are you going to experience what men experience? It's your choice this week. You're going to learn to keep your focus on the reason Christ so that you can experience what spirits experience because you have the two. Hallelujah. When you got born again, you received the new nature. Isn't it what the Bible says? If any man be in Christ, he's what? So you have the new nature now. You also have your, your human nature. So are you going to operate as a human being or are you going to operate as a new creation? Your focus determines which one you activate. When Peter was looking at Jesus, the power of God was flowing and he activated his spirit nature and he was walking on water. This week he will walk as a spirit. I said, "This spiritual workers, this week you work as a spirit. your finances will operate as a spirit. Ay, 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 ay. your health will operate as a spirit because you will keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Your focus is determining which one you are experiencing. So you can listen, listen to me. What I'm teaching you is truth. You can operate as a flesh, as a human, or you can operate as a new creation. Your choice is yours. Focus is the determinant. What you are looking at is what? What is determining? Whether you're experiencing the results of being human or you're experiencing the results of being supernatural. Somebody say I'm supernatural. Somebody say I'm supernatural. Oh yes, I subscribe to a supernatural faith. I subscribe to, I am supernatural. Somebody say I'm supernatural. So you're going to learn to keep your focus on the supernatural. Keep your eyes on the risen Christ. Amen. So, so, what you activate is determined by your focus. Please, can you choose to stop activating the human nature? Huh? Many of us, we have become so, we have been so human for a long time that we don't even know that we are supernatural. Somebody say I'm supernatural. Somebody say I'm Supernatural. When you got born again, you became a partaker of the divine nature. Somebody say, I'm supernatural. You got to like activate the supernatural every day. I'm supernatural. Somebody say it again, I'm supernatural. So, spiritual growth. Are you growing as a, as a Christian? How do you know you're growing? Your, your spiritual growth is about cultivating the discipline of focus. The discipline of keeping your eyes on Jesus. How you know you are growing is how stable that focus becomes. Ah, How stable your focus is. The more matured you are, it means the more stable that focus is. It means that it takes a lot to distract you. It takes a what? To distract your focus. That's what determines Spirit, being spiritually matured. is not about carrying a big Bible. It's about learning how to keep your eyes on Jesus. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, when we get offended, when we get offended, people offend us, pastor offenders, sister offenders, brother offenders. You get when you get offended. Offense is taking away your eyes from Jesus. Offense is doing what? Taking your eyes away from Jesus. So if you get offended about anything, you took your eyes from Jesus. Don't deceive yourself. You took your, if your eyes are on Jesus, you will never be offended. Because Jesus is love. If you're operating in love, you can never be offended. So if you, if you, offend, if you pick offense in your heart and you're offended, offended at your husband, offended at your wife, offended at this person or that person, listen to me. You only got offended because you took your eyes off Jesus. So if you're feeling offense, understand what is going on. You took your eyes off Jesus. And can I tell you something? Once you take your eyes off Jesus, what starts happening? You start sinking. You start what? You start sinking. All kinds of negative things start happening to you. When your eyes are off Jesus, all kinds of negative things, your heart can fail. (laughs) Because you took your eyes off your sustenance. Your finances can fail. So you need to understand what the devil is doing to you at every point in time. Listen, listen, listen. If, 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 if this is all I said today and stopped here, I will, stay, I will stay here and stop here. I have so much more. But please, if you got this, every time, listen, every time, the temptation is to pull your focus away from Jesus. That's the temptation. The temptation is to do what? Pull your focus so that you are no longer connected to the supernatural flow of God's power. So that you can become an ordinary man. And experience what ordinary men experience. Ordinary men experience scarcity. Ordinary men experience lack. Ordinary men experience debt. Ordinary men experience, you know, all all the negativities. Somebody said I'm supernatural. Yes, you are supernatural. You, 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 so, so understand what the devil is trying to do to you. He's trying to keep you human. Because as long as you're human, he has authority over you. As long as you're human, he has what? He has authority over you. But when you step into the supernatural, the devil is under your feet. You have authority over him. So he doesn't like that. He doesn't want that. He wants your eyes to be moved away from the throne. And the moment your eyes is moved away from the throne, your leg lifts up from him. Did you hear what I said? The moment your eyes is moved out from the throne, your leg is lifted off his head. So he starts acting. So he wants your eyes moved away from the throne. I refuse. Somebody say I refuse. I keep my eyes on Jesus. Somebody say I keep my eyes on Jesus. You keep your eyes there. Train yourself to keep your eyes on Jesus. If somebody tried to get you offended. and No, no, I'm not going to be offended. I keep my eyes on Jesus. I don't care who it is. Satan has a way of causing you to keep your, lose your focus. He can even tell you lies. Tell you lies of what your husband did. Or what your wife did. Or what your boss did. Or what your in-law did. Or what this person did. And then you believe that lie. Right, and then you get offended. And the moment you do that, your eyes are off. The focus, and once your eyes is off, you start experiencing what ordinary people experience. You start sinking. Somebody say, "I will not sink anymore." All right. So you manifest what you focus on. Write that statement down. You manifest what you focus on. You manifest what? You manifest what you focus on. You move in the direction of your focus. You move in the direction of your most. Of your predominant thought, you move in the direction of your focus. So if you focus on abundance, you're going to move towards abundance. Somebody said, I'm moving towards abundance. Somebody said, I'm moving towards abundance. Somebody say I'm moving towards abundance. So you're going to see abundance manifesting because your focus is on abundance. You keep your eyes on peace, you will see peace. You keep your eyes on love, you will see love. You keep your eyes on good health, you will see it in your body. So, listen to this. Your body manifests your focus. So, if the devil is trying to get you to agree with a lie, I say no. I say no. I say no. I'm not agreeing with that lie. It's a lie. I'm not agreeing with it. The, the bank account that is empty is a lie. I'm not agreeing with it. The symptom in the body is a lie. I'm not agreeing with it. Oh The, 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 the discord and the hostility in the marriage is a lie. I'm not agreeing with it. I'm not agreeing with it. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. I'm not agreeing. And, and what you say, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm not going to see that bad behavior and start reacting to it. No, no, no. That thing is a lie. Even that behavior that you're putting up is what? A lie. I'm not going to, I'm not going to work with it. I keep my eyes on Jesus. Right. So, understand this. Jesus... What I'm teaching you now, Jesus practiced it during his earthly ministry. Let me say that again. Jesus did what? Practiced the principle I'm teaching you this morning during his earthly ministry. Do you know, I'm sure you know this, and if you didn't know it, please know it today. Jesus operated his earthly ministry as a man empowered by the Holy Ghost. Not as God. Jesus operated his ministry as what? A man empowered by the Holy Spirit. That is why he couldn't start his earthly ministry until he was baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit at the Jordan. The Bible says, and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and sat upon him. And right from there, the power of God hit him. And the Bible says he went out from that Jordan. He went into the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Led by the Spirit. When he came back, he came in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so his ministry started as a result of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. As he was baptized in water, also at that same time, the power of God hit him. And for the next three and a half years, Jesus operated as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. Which is the same thing as you. So he operated this principle of keeping his eyes on the Father. And as he kept his eyes on glory, what happened? The power of God was flowing ceaselessly into his life. And this is why every time, listen, every time that he, he you know, felt like there was a drop, what did he do? The Bible says he will withdraw. He will withdraw to a wilderness. He will withdraw to a mountain. He will withdraw to a place. To do what? To refocus himself. To refocus this is why we spend time in prayer every day to do what to refocus to refocus this is why it's not supposed to be please hear me, child of God it's not supposed to be something you do only five minutes in the morning and for the rest of the day your focus your focus is scattered no. You are supposed to stay focused. The discipline of spiritual growth is the discipline of learning to stay focused on Jesus so that you can draw the supernatural power of God 24 hours out of 24. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm walking in the supernatural power of God. 24 hours out of 24. Yes. This is what you are supposed to be growing into where you are connected to the unceaseless or unlimited or flow of god 's power twenty four hours a day that's when you are operating in real dominion when you are able to connect the flow of the power of God twenty four hours out of twenty four even when you're sleeping you're connected to the power of God even when you're sleeping you are what connected i don 't have time for walking in the flesh. You shouldn't have time for working in the flesh. You shouldn't have time for entertaining storms and entertaining nonsense. No! You are supposed to stay focused, drawing the power of God, working in your life, even when you are sleeping. Hallelujah! Even when we are out, you are sleeping. Isn't it, wouldn't it be wonderful to know how to connect supernatural supply that your gates are open 24 hours a day? That supernatural supply is coming into your life 24 hours a day. I say your days of being broken over. Your days of being broken over. I say supernatural supply is coming into my life 24-7. Declare with your mouth this morning. Supernatural supply is coming into my life 24-7. 24-7. Supernatural protection is coming into my life 24-7. Supernatural elevation is coming into my life 24-7. Because I have learned to keep my focus on Jesus 24-7. Why do you think the Bible says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it. What? Day Come oh, on, Somebody said day and night. My focus is on the word of God. Day. That's when you learn how to activate the power to bring success into manifestation. Day and night. 24 hours a day. This is the job that you have to do this is the exercise keep your eyes focused on the word of god day and night so this is what it is so what i'm teaching you this morning jesus practiced it jesus lived it out fully his eyes was on the father day and night and see so when your eyes put that picture back for me when your eyes is on jesus and you are seeing the glory of god what happens to your circumstances your circumstances are filled with glory. Hello? Your circumstances are what? Filled with the glory of God. Your, your life is filled with the glory of God. Your body is filled with the glory of God. This was our master. I want to show you scriptures. Let me show you this. I will continue next week. I just want to, to round it up somewhere where it's comfortable. To pack the bus. We'll continue next week. Are you still here? Look at this scripture in John chapter 1, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. He says, And the Word became flesh. And the Word became and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, what was happening? Jesus kept his eyes on the Father 24-7. So, his life was flooded with glory. It was flooded, you we was so flooded with glory that people who walked with him, they saw that glory. People are going to see the glory of God in your life. In other words, please hear me. You can be so focused on on the Father. Or for me and you, focused on Jesus, that we draw a ceaseless supply of glory that we become clothed with the glory of God. We become what? Somebody say, I wear the glory of God. Somebody say, I wear the glory of God. How are you going to maintain a garment of glory over your body, over your life, over your marriage, over every space you are in 24-7. It's by keeping your focus on Jesus. Do you know Jesus drew glory because of this discipline of focus so much that people beheld that glory when they looked at him. I declare going forward, when people look at you, they see the glory of God. They see a garment of glory. Do you know what that means? When you are covered by the glory of God, Satan cannot see you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Satan cannot attack you. Because you are so covered with the glory of God, the, Satan cannot behold the glory and stay. Yes. You are so covered with the glory of God, Satan, you become immune and invincible to the devil. Somebody say, I am invincible. Not invisible, invincible. Invincible to the devil the, In other words he can't see you he can't, he can't do nothing to you Because you are completely Covered by the glory of God Do you know Jesus was so covered By the glory of God That people the, 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 John said we beheld that glory Every time we looked at him we beheld the glory I'm declaring that the world Will look at you and behold the glory of God So from today the world will look at you And they behold the glory of God I said today, from today going forward, the world will look at you and they will behold the glory of God. That's what they see in you. Do you know that if if glory is seen in you, Satan cannot cannot <laughs> tempt you with nonsense. Mm-mm. You cannot participate in nonsense because you are you are just a carrier of fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. The glory of God is like fire. You are a carrier. Of, somebody have a carrier of fire. Somebody said I have a carrier of fire. Listen, have you ever seen a a wildfire, a bush on fire? Insects don't fly around it. Insects don't fly around in fire. What happens? They got burnt. Flies don't fly around in fire. The fire burns them. I declare today every demonic force, (laughs) every satanic agenda flying around you is burnt in the name of Jesus because you are carrying fire. I say you are carrying fire. But the only way to sustain that fire is to keep your eyes on Jesus. This was what it was concerning the master. He was so focused that he carried that fire, he carried that glory, that when people saw him, they saw glory. Not only that when people saw him, they saw glory. When people touched him, they touched glory. A woman sat down in her house, after having suffered for 12 years the flow of blood, continuous flow of blood for 12 years, she sat in her house, she said, If only I can touch, touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. Why? How did she know that his garment carried the glory of God? How did she know that his garment carried the power of God? because jesus has been carrying it for a while and the story was beginning to fly around in the town that everywhere this man went there was power all over him i declare is your story i say i declare it's your testimony that people are saying everywhere this person goes he's carrying fire he's carrying glory hallelujah i say it's your testimony in the name of jesus you walk into a taxi people begin to be uncomfortable You, the, 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 the Sagoma is sitting there He becomes uncomfortable Because you are carrying glory You, you walk into the streets All kinds of unrighteousness That is operating there they, they become uncomfortable Because you are carrying something Hallelujah Because you have learned To draw the supernatural flow of God's power Into your life To the point where it is now manifesting Out of your skin It is manifesting out of your body Somebody I'm a carrier of the glory of God. Somebody I'm a carrier of the glory of God. So that's why all through Jesus' ministry, we saw that glory manifesting when He touched a leper. You are not supposed to touch a leper in the Old Testament. You are not supposed to what touch a leper. If you touch a leper, you became unclean. But because the Master was a carrier of glory and carrier of fire, when He touched a leper, instead of the leprosy to transfer, the glory transferred. He's not the leprosy to flow backward into Jesus. The power of God flowed from Jesus into the leper and healed him of his leprosy. And they got healed. <laughs> and we read how people came to touch his clothes and were healed. Because the glory of God, he had so focused on it that he was now wearing it. Somebody said, I wear the glory of God. Somebody said, I'm wearing the glory of God. You, you, will, you will press in, and that thing starts overflowing. And you carry it. Do you know, as you carry the glory of God and go to your work, and you do your work under the glory of God, <laughs> you produce the best work possible. This was what it was concerning Daniel. Daniel was carrying this. The Bible said Daniel had developed a prayer life where he prayed three times a day. The excellence we saw in Daniel and the testimonies of promotion that Daniel... The Bible said that the King the king, Nebuchadnezzar, promoted Daniel. He promoted Daniel above everybody else. What made Daniel's work excellent? That he was getting this promotion, 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 till he became the leader of all the leaders, the leader of all the ministers. What brought him there? Bible says an excellent spirit was found in him. What was it? Daniel understood what I'm teaching you. And he kept his focus. The Bible says he prayed three times every day. From his youth. He had trained himself to stay focused. So he would do his work for a few hours. When the time comes, he goes back in prayer to refocus. I will not lose my connection. That was Daniel. Daniel had trained himself to say, I will not lose my connection. So three times a day, he focused. So when they understood that, the devil is a liar. Somebody said the devil is a liar. They knew that the power of Daniel, the excellence in his work, came from this routine that he had developed to connect with the supernatural power of God and to bring down heaven to his office. So the people saw it and they said, no, we're going to mess this guy up. And what did they do? They said, now, King, please pass a law that nobody should pray to any other God. You are now God. King, you are now God. Everybody must pray to you. King thought, oh, that sounds nice. I'm so powerful. In fact, I must be God. He said, these people have just realized it that I'm God. You know, that sounds very nice. Everybody must pray to me. So they made a law and they took the law to the king and the king signed the law. That from now on, Nobody should pray to any other God but to what? The king. When Daniel heard it, Daniel said, you people are stupid. You people are very what? Stupid. I will never do it. I understand the secret of my success, the secret of my excellence, the secret of my flying in my career. I understand it. It comes from my focus on God. It comes from this habit that I have developed of praying three times a day. And I'm not going to allow you people to distract me. I refuse to be distracted. Somebody said, I refuse to be distracted. So, so what happened in Daniel's life was that he had developed a routine. I'm telling you something this morning. Tower of God, you need to develop some routines. Yes. He had developed a lifestyle of focusing. So he'll work a few hours, he will go on back and refocus. I understand where my, my success is coming from. Understand it is the supernatural power of God that is helping me to excel. This wisdom I'm operating in is coming from a supernatural source and I need to maintain it. So I keep on doing it. So when they said to him, you cannot pray, he said, it's a lie. You people are not serious. You people are not what? Serious. He went back to his house. So And (laughs) these people followed him. They were hiding in the corner of the window. He went back to his house. I'm not going to pay attention to that nonsense. I will keep my eyes focused on the source of my strength. Bible says, I look to the mountains. from whence cometh my help? My help comes from where? From the Lord, who I am looking at. <laughs> I'm looking at the Lord. That's where my help comes from. Somebody say, my help comes from the Lord. My power comes from the Lord. My favor comes from the Lord. My wisdom comes from the Lord. My elevation comes from the Lord. My promotion comes from the Lord. Come on, somebody, in the name of Jesus. My protection and my preservation comes from the Lord. So I keep my eyes focused on him. So Daniel says, I'm I'm not going to pay attention to that nonsense. So he went. And Bible says he prayed as his custom was. He prayed what? Do you have a custom of prayer? He prayed. Do you allow stress to cause you to compromise on your routines? That devil is a liar. I said, that devil is a liar. You need to learn to stay focused. I'm telling you, everything Satan is trying to do is to what? Take you ass, take your eyes away from what is important. But you wear the glory of God. I say, I wear the glory of God. I will continue to wear the glory of God. So Jack, Daniel said, I will continue to wear this glory. I know where my glory comes from. It comes from my focus. I'm not going to allow you to distract me. So he went back to pray. And as he knelt down and started praying, they, they jumped out from the bush. We caught you, we caught you. Who are you praying to? <laughs> We caught you, we caught you. Who are you praying to? Daniel said, do your worst. Do your, come on somebody. Daniel said what? Do your worst. Do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. So they gathered together and they dragged Daniel to the king. And they said, king, we found him. First, we found him praying to, to another god that is not you. Ha. The king said, what, Daniel? Yo, 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 yo. How did they do this? They said to the king, Ah, now you can't change your mind. You made the law. You signed it. You cannot change your mind. This Daniel belongs to where? The lion's den. You can't change your mind. You cannot change your mind. Ah, the Bible said the king was so worried. They said, you can't change your mind. You've signed it. This man must be fed to the lions. We are, we are, not, we are not taking that thing. You signed this law. This man broke the law. He must go to the lion's den. They prevailed over the king. And the Bible said the king sought for ways to release Daniel from this thing. He couldn't find. The people insist that you sign a law that anybody that does not pray for you, pray to you, must go into the lion's den. This man broke the law. He must go into the lion's den. The king says, Daniel, what do I do? Daniel says, fine. Open the lion's den, let me go in. <laughs> open the lion's den, let me what? In. Okay. You know, you need, to, you need to know what you're connected to. You can tell the devil, come on, open the lion's den, let me go in. Yeah. Some of us we are afraid of the lions. Then I, I, I prophesy to you today: your fear for the lion is over. I say your fear for the lions of this life are over. He said, then they say, open the thing, let me go in. Don't worry about me. Open that thing, let me go in. He they opened it and he went in. When he went in, the, the the lions bent down and started and started greeting him. You know how the dogs the dogs greet you and cats greet you. They stretch out their hands like this and bend down to greet you. That's what they were doing. Hungry lions. I don't know how many lions were there. Probably twenty, maybe thirty lions. Very hungry lions. They bent down. They, 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 they greeted Daniel for the whole night. They were there. Daniel was telling them Bible stories. <laughs> in the middle of the night, the Bible said the king could not sleep. The whole night he was so troubled. Why? Because he understood what these people were trying to do. So in the morning. He woke up very early and came to lion's den. And shouted, did your God set, 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 keep you safe? Daniel I'm still here. <laughs> Daniel said, I am. Somebody, you're going to announce to the devil out of the lion's den this week, I am still here. That devil wanted to kill you and take you out. You tell that devil, I'm still here. Yes, that situation wanted to kill you and take you out. You tell that devil, I am still Somebody say I'm still here. Somebody say I'm still here. I'm still here. I am still here. You are not going anywhere. I am still here. Oh, yeah. You're not here I'm you're not going anywhere. I am still here. I am still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. Daniel says, I'm still here. Daniel says, I'm still here. The king says, It's fine. <laughs> Please open that thing and take this guy out. With the lions, 30 of them could not kill him overnight. Take him out. His God is the real one. I declare that that somebody is gonna to announce to you your God is the real one. And and then when they got Daniel out and Daniel came out, nothing happened to him. The king says, these idiots that took you into the lion's den, bring them and their families. Bring them and their families. These people behind this conspiracy. Throw them into the lion's den. Let's see what is going to happen. The Bible says as they were throwing them in, the lions were not allowing them to land. The lions were jumping into the sky. And catching them and killing them from the air. And all of them were eaten up by the lions. So these lions, it wasn't that they were not hungry. They were very hungry. But the power of God that Daniel was connected to kept the mouth of the lions short. I declare every, man, every lion that is looking at you to tell you their mouth is short in the name of Jesus. I say every lion that is looking at you to tell you their mouth is shut in the name of Jesus. The key is keep your focus. Keep your routine. Don't let the devil mess you around. Don't let the devil tell you that you can't pray. You can't spend time in the word of God. You can't keep your focus. You must keep your focus. Somebody said, I will keep my focus. I, 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 want, I want to pack this bus here today. I didn't finish the message. Can we, can we pack it for today? Hallelujah. Next week we continue.
0: There comes a time in your life When you need a change, an upgrade, you need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, plot and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website dot reslife dot org for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.